I can hear my grandmother saying, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. You know, it's something how there's certain things that come to your mind. You know, and whenever I would go visit her, she would always say to me, patience, only what you do for Christ will last. Only what you do for Christ will last. That let, you know, and I'm learning more and more. Yeah, we can do a lot of things, but only what we do for him is going to make an eternal difference. It's going to make an impact that won't be erased. Amen? Well, I thank God for who he is. I am not the pastor of this house, but I am um, his assistant. <laughs> um, on behalf of my husband, uh, Pastor Sir Walter, our overseers, we want to welcome you to the house today. Um, my name is Pastor Patience, and I get to be the vessel that he wants to use this morning. Amen? Amen. So before I jump into this, I want to um, start by this. If you weren't here last week, <laughs> Apostle Harry, he laid it down. He laid it down. He laid the truth of the word down. And, you know, I always say, you know, some people can just say things and they can just get away with, with saying it the way they say it, right? Um, and he said it with the authority. He said it with the conviction um, and the experience. Amen. And so before I start, because I believe that it's going to lead into what I want to talk about this morning, um, he talked about um, the importance of biblical meditation, okay? But as he was talking, he was explaining something, and something just jumped out of me, and it said, spiritually minded. He said, we must be spiritually minded. And so there's a few points that I want to highlight for you that I want us to make sure that we keep um, in our rotation and in our meditation. First of all, he said, we must become spiritually minded. And even as I was going back over my notes and I was listening and I thought about what he said, you know, it, it, the, the scripture, Ephesians 1, Paul's prayer to the church. He says, um, I pray that, the, that God would grant unto you a spirit of wisdom. And when he said we need to be spiritually minded, I kept I was like, wait a minute. He said, we need to have a spirit of wisdom. Not, I pray that you get wisdom and understanding, but I pray that God would grant you a spirit of wisdom and that the eyes of your heart, right, would be flooded with light, okay? And so um, that means that we have to be constantly renewed in the spirit of our mind. Now, so I'm adding on to some things because as he was sharing, when I went back, I was meditating, and as I was meditating, Holy Spirit was like, do, 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 do. Remember over here, it says that? Oh, yeah. And that helped to sink it in for me, right? Um, and then this morning, doing, I call it pregame. We do our um, exhortation. That's our pregame right before praise and worship starts. And um, Prophet Doreen came up here, and she said um, that we never are to lag in zeal. All right. And so, again, this is talk about being spiritually minded. OK. And so the, the scripture that had come to my mind was in Ephesians 4:23, where it talks about being constantly renewed in the spirit of your mind. Right. Having a fresh and spiritual mental attitude. Right. But then I said, well, I won't read that, Lord. Let me read what she read this morning, because I, I, that was good to me. So let me go right back to Romans chapter 13. Because I want you guys to partake of what we partook of, because everything is working together. Amen? All right, so Romans chapter 13. 
and it was 12 through 14. Okay, but where she told us about never lagging in zeal, that was in Romans 12, 11, just so that you know that, okay? And so uh, Romans 13, 12 through 14, I'm reading out the Amplified Classic. It says, the night is far gone and the day is almost here. Let us then drop, fling away the works and deeds of darkness and put on the full armor of light. Now, this is being spiritually minded, okay? I'm still in his notes and hers this morning, right? Let us live and conduct ourselves honorably and becomingly as in the open light of day. Because God sees everything, doesn't he? Yes, he does. Not in reveling, carousing, and drunkenness, not in immorality and debauchery, sensuality and licentiousness, not in quarreling and jealousy. But this is what we're to put on as spiritual beings, all right? We are to clothe ourselves with the Lord Jesus Christ, the Messiah. So right now, say, Father... I clothe myself with you and make no provision for indulging the flesh. This is why we have to be spirit minded, right? Because the flesh wants to act up. Make no provision for the uh, indulging the flesh. Put a stop to thinking about the evil cravings of your physical nature. This is why he told us that we need to meditate. Right. And then in Philippians, it tells us what we need to meditate on so we don't make any provisions for the flesh. All right. And so um, that we so it doesn't so that we don't gratify its desires and its lust. All right. So that was one thing. Uh, another bullet point and another bonus we got this morning from prophet. All right. So then um, Apostle Harry said we must become settled in what is settled in heaven. We must become settled as it is in heaven, so let it be on the earth. We must be settled in what has already been settled. Here was another one. The condition of our heart will determine what we receive from God. The condition of our heart will determine what we receive from God. As I was going back through, I heard that voice. Remember the day that you hear his voice? Harden not your what? Your heart. Your heart. Here was another nugget he gave us. He goes, you got to be hungry to eat. You got to be hungry to eat. And I thought, oh, my goodness. Um, now, I am endeavoring through the power of the Holy Spirit to slow down and to um, release what I believe he gave me to give you. Amen. And so even as I'm talking, because in the natural, I am a very fast talker. Okay. Um, so I, I, I want to give this, and there were some things that I wrote, I wrote down. I said, God, I want to be able to flow with you, but I also want to make sure, if this is what you still want me to say, right, that I give you these things that are on my iPad, amen? So um, I thought when he said you have to be hungry to eat, I was like, you can come to church, you can read your Bible, but if you're not hungry, you won't receive, who wants to lay on the floor? Who wants to jump up and shout hallelujah? And you go out the same way you came in. So when he says, I want to give you a spirit that the eyes of your heart be flooded with light, right? Spirit of wisdom, spirit of understanding. That means that when we come in, we got to come in ready to receive. We got to come in um, 
Uh, that's why we enter into his gates with thanksgiving and we enter into his courts with praise. What are we doing? We are putting our attention on him so that now we're opening up our hearts to be able to receive what he has for us. And it's hard to receive when your mind is bogged down and you got other thoughts and other cares and everything else on your mind and worries. That's why it says you got to strip yourselves of those things and we have to put him on in order to be able to receive him. Are you with me still? All right. So um, if you haven't renewed your mind during the week, it's hard to come and receive. Remember, the condition of our heart determines what? What we receive. Then he said, the meditation of God brings the experiences of God. The meditation of God, which is his word, brings the experiences of God. And so from here, my meditation continued. And I said, Holy Spirit, it's our experiences in you that create the testimonies in our lives. Because of what we've meditated on. Remember, he said you meditated on, meditated on it so much until it becomes so real to you, it's as if you're doing it. You're experiencing it. You're sensing it. You're tasting it. And so I want to jump off from that point of how the meditation of God brings the experience of God, but our experiences of God create the testimonies in our lives. And so my topic for today is overcoming through our testimony. Overcoming through our testimony. Now, when we came into um, Christ and we received Christ Jesus, we still remained in this natural world, right? But the day we became born again, we, we, we entered into a natural world as being supernatural because of um, the seed that was sown into our lives. Okay, so um, you know how in Romans it says how um, we're in this world, but we're not of this world. All right, why is not? Because we are tapping into the spirit realm, which gives us access to, to, to live supernaturally in the midst of a natural world. That's why we can call those things that be not as though they were, right? Because we're not operating according to the natural system. All right, so when I think about um, the power of our testimonies. And um, it was so funny because last week when I was re-listening to um, the stream, it was getting towards the end, and I don't know if it was Victoria or Soterra who walked in. And so I followed after Apostle, I thought to say Poppy, um, came, got finished, and then I came on, and one of them said, Mom, you sound just like Poppy. But what happened was I got in the flow of what was already in motion, okay? And like when we come into service, that's how we have to be. We have to have an expectation. And um, a pastor's been talking about that unity and that flow. It's like we got to be able to jump in. It's like getting in, jumping in the river and being able to flow in the same direction. So when I got up here, I thought, oh, my gosh. I looked at the video. I said, oh, my Lord. I just jumped up. But I, it was something about what he had already deposited. 
Amen. So that, that same spirit, I jumped in that, right? So when I was talking about the power of our testimony and when we release our testimony, what it does is it creates and gives voice to the works of God. Okay. And so, um, testimonies, they create a portal and you know what a portal is. A portal is a doorway, a gate or an other entrance, especially a large and imposing one. And, and, and I think about that scripture where it says like, um, was it Jacob in the ladder? Where the angels were ascending and descending, right? Um, and so when we release a testimony, a divine, well, when we release a testimony as unto him, a divine portal is open. Now you have angels. I want you to picture this. Angels are ascending and descending on our behalf and behalf of other people because of what we released. All right. And so what I want to do is I want to um, talk about overcoming through the power of our testimony. But I want to take us to this familiar verse to begin. So go with me to Revelations 12. Verse 10. And I'm reading again out of the Amplified Classic. Because there are two ways in which we overcome. Okay? I'm sure there's more, but I'm going to hit two this morning. Amen. All right. Revelations 12, verses 10. Then I heard a strong, loud voice in heaven saying, Now it has come. Now it has come. The salvation. We have salvation now. And the power and the kingdom, the dominion, the reign of our God. Because this is when he had kicked Lucifer out, right? And the power, the sovereignty, the authority of his Christ, the Messiah. For the accuser of our brethren, he who keeps bringing before our God charges against them day and night, has been cast out. Now listen, that's already been settled. Right. That's already been settled. So we have to already get in our mind. The Bible says the, uh, the devil, he comes roaming about seeking whom he what may devour. All right. Just like Apostle talked about, there's offense is going to come. Right. But we don't have to give into it. All right. Remember, we're not gratifying the flesh. We're not making any room for the flesh. Right. And so settle that that he only can gain say if we give him room. Now, verse 11. And they have overcome, conquered him by means of the blood of the lamb and by the utterance of their testimony. For they did not love and cling to life, even when faced with death, holding their lives cheap till they had to die for their witnessing. Our testimony is a form of witnessing. Okay. Um, but one thing, you know, we hear this over and over and normally I'm always shouting, yeah, they overcome him by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony. And word of their testimony is what really always sticks out. But Holy Spirit said, back up. There is no overcoming without the blood. There is no overcoming throughout the blood. And it was through the shedding of the blood of Jesus that we were reconciled back to Christ. And as a result, resurrection took place. So we only have a testimony because of the resurrected work of Jesus Christ, which took place through the shedding of his blood. 
So when they talk about the power of the blood, that is not a song. That is not a cliche. That has become life to you. Because it's only because of the blood that we're able to stand in victory. Remember in verse 11, he says, and they have overcome, conquered. Remember, uh, was it in John where he says, I want you to be of good cheer. Because I've already overcome. I've already conquered everything for you. So get happy now. Get happy now. Stuff is going to come, but still be happy because I've already overcome. He said he proved that when he shed his son for us, right? And caused him to get up. So without the blood of Jesus, our testimony is void of power. It's void of power. Because remember, our testimony, if it's from the Father, it should edify it should bring encouragement. It should bring hope. It should uh, bring expectation to those who are hearing it. Okay? So um, earlier in the year, I was listening to a message from um, Apostle Leroy Thompson Sr., who is the senior pastor of Ever Increasing Word Faith in um, Darrow, Louisiana. And um, I will follow him because our spiritual covering, Bishop Daniel Robertson Jr. and co-pastor Elena, um, that's their spiritual parents, okay? And so he had ministered, he was ministering a message, but I just happened to, when, I, when the Holy Spirit revealed to me, it was like, you can't do anything without that blood. I went back because there were five places in this particular message. He told us that we need to apply the blood. And so from the beginning of the year, I've been making sure that I appropriate the blood in these particular areas, okay? And I wanted to share them with you this morning, all right? The five places that he told us that we need to apply the blood of Jesus is, number one, yourself. Number two, your family. Number three, your possessions. Number four, your work. And number five, your influence. All right, that's your calling, you know, the gifts and talents, right? We're applying the blood of Jesus over those areas, okay? And so, again, applying the blood of Jesus over yourself, your family, your possessions, your work, and your influence. So without... So here's the other thing I think about. Like, let me say it like this. Because of the blood of Jesus, I can accomplish victory. Number one, for myself. Because of the blood of Jesus, I can see victory be wrought in my family. Because of the blood of Jesus, there is protection. There's covering. There's expansion for my possessions. Okay? Because of the blood of Jesus, he causes me to excel um, um, to gain favor, to have open doors in the area of my work. And because of the blood of Jesus, because I'm covered in him, that no matter where he sends me, he's able to expand my influence. All right? That's more than any marketing I could do on my own. That's more than anybody else could say because the blood of Jesus goes before me in all those different areas, okay? And it's speaking, all right? So um, I have some areas in which the power of the testimony, because this morning what I, I really felt in my heart was to just open up my life to share some areas of my testimony. Amen. And so before I do that, because I don't know where it might go from there, I want to, um, to share some points I felt like the Holy Spirit was given to me um, as it pertains to what a testimony will do. 
okay? So number one, and I said this earlier, testimony, it gives voice to the victorious works of God. And which is a manifestation of his word. All right? And so, again, we learned in Revelations how that we overcome by the blood of the lamb and the utterance of our testimony. So this is something that we cannot withhold. We can't withhold our testimony. And there are different things that God has done in different parts and over on different parts and times of our lives. And I believe that at the right time, because we're yielded to Holy Spirit, if he brings it to you, it'll be that particular point of victory that the person that you're talking to needs or that needs to be shared at at, at that time. All right, because everything's not to be shared, amen? But he'll give you something, again, so that that portal can open up. Now, heaven begins to participate in the victory that was wrought, all right? Number two, testimonies establish conviction. Testimonies establish conviction. I want you to turn with me to Psalms 119. Testimonies establish conviction. And we're going to look at verse 152. Psalm 119, verse 152. And, um, you know, the book of Psalms is really the meditation of David. (laughs) When you think about it, right? Um, These are his prayers, his petitions. He's crying out. You know, he's talking about the victories he's had. And I actually went through my Bible, and I was was reading Psalm 119 again. I circled every time I circled the word testimony. It was in there 22 times. And sometimes he's referring to it to it as a victory that he has uh, that he has experienced and most of the time he's referring it to it as the law the word of God it's his his testimonies and so um, Psalms 119 verse 152 it says of old have I known your testimonies meaning I've known your word and for a long time therefore it is a thoroughly established conviction that you have founded them forever. Now, remember the example that Apostle gave last week where he talked about how God had healed my mother, right? Um, As a result of God manifesting that work in her body, my father walked away with a conviction and a persuasion that God could heal. So from that point on, you can't tell him that God won't heal. That testimony became a conviction on the inside of him, which provoked him to be able to share. Then when he experienced um, uh, uh, sickness in other people's bodies or himself, he, can go, he, has a, he has a starting point to go right back to, a reference point. That's what it is. It's a reference point. So that reference point established conviction. All right? So testimony blesses others, but the purpose of the testimony is to bring you to a greater place of knowing what God is able to do. His word is is for us, 
but it's to bring us to a place of knowing where we cannot be talked out of this thing. Number three, testimony is the manifested, revealed will of God. All right? And we know that because in Revelations 19 and 10, it says the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. All right? So really, when you are reading the Bible, you're reading your prophetic destiny. Because he's already told you what he's done. He's already told you what you can accomplish, what you can have. And he already told you that I've given you power to do it. All right. So all you're doing is you're you're re redeclaring what he's already said. So that's the manifested, revealed will of God. And then number four, testimonies speak; they have a voice. They speak; they have a voice. Still in chapter one nineteen, go to verse twenty four. They have a voice. They speak. So I'm going to look at testimonies being twofold. One, it's his, his word. And two, it's the utterance of our, 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 our voice, right? But verse 24 says, your testimonies also are my delight and my counselors. Not only through my meditation and my I'm hearing, I'm receiving the word of God, but when I've heard a testimony, that thing has echoed in my ears. We heard Miss um, Alicia last week. If someone else was dealing with sickness or shortness of breath or whatever, that testimony can echo in their ear and become counsel for them to direct them in the right path. All right. So testimonies, they have a voice. And they may become our counselors. Number five. Testimonies produce understanding through meditation. Testimonies produce understanding through meditation. Still in chapter 119, let's look at verse 99. And we're going to look at verse 125 after that. I'm going to go back to 90, verse 98. It says, you through your commandments make me wiser than my enemies, for your words are ever before me. I have better understanding and deeper insight than all my teachers because your testimonies are my meditation. So when I read this, I saw that our testimonies, they begin to reveal the character of who God is. Okay? And in verse 125, let me get there. It says, I am your servant. Give me understanding, discernment, and comprehension that I may know, discern, and be familiar with the character of your testimonies. So, one, our testimonies or the word of God, it reveals the character, the nature of God. So as I read that, I begin to understand, yes, he is a good father. 
Yes, he will forgive me. Yes, he will heal my body. Yes, he will restore my joy, right? Um, but then also when I, when I hear a testimony, because I've meditated on the word, I can discern, was that of God? Was that of flesh? Because I've seen people get up and they want to talk about them. I can't even say they want to talk about God. They want to talk about them, and that's what their reward is. But I've also seen a person get up, and they talked about what God did on their behalf, and it brought so much joy and um, glory and honor to him that that testimony began to reproduce itself. Okay, so on that point, because I think I may, may have that later, but a testimony can reproduce itself. We're uh, covenant with a dear sister for a long time, and once she got married, then my husband and I came into covenant relationship. But um, this is a, the young lady that the Lord had us sew a, a, a car into. And um, when we sew, when first of all, when the Holy Spirit finally placed in my heart, said, you're, this car that you're driving, it does not belong to you. It was like with fear and trouble, it was like, okay, I didn't even want to drive it anymore. So he told me that in my personal time. And then it came to a point where I shared it with my husband and he was in agreement. Now, granted, this was a car that I believed God for. This was my first car that I bought with my own money, you know, after getting my own job. So I had desired a white Mercedes Benz and I got that thing brand new. And I remember my dad coming um, because I had a Toyota before that he got me when I was in college. And um, I remember my dad, when I told him I was going to do the transaction, you know, daddy was there to make sure everything went right. So he came and um, I, you know, had this car, uh, driving it, loving it. God had blessed me at that point to build my own townhouse. So um, God was blessing, right? Then he says, I want you to release the very thing that you, I won't say I loved, but that, that was dear to me, right, of importance. Not knowing that this young lady, her faith had already been activated to the point she already had bought a license plate. She didn't have a car yet, but she had already had a license plate because she was believing for a certain type of car. And he tapped on our heart, said, you go do it. So we went and did the research and said, okay, so if we're going to bless the car, it had to be paid for in order to give it to her because we're not giving something with sorrow. Amen. So we're giving this car away. We go to get um, the insurance to get all that stuff taken care of so that when we present it to her, there is no sorrow. Now, what we did, we did in secret. So we just, I just called her. I said, hey, what you doing? I said, can my husband and I, can we stop by? She was like, oh, okay. So we stopped by, and, you know, he's a youth pastor. So she's like, hey. They used to call him YP. Hey, YP, how are you doing? Da, 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 da. And so we cut to the chase, and we had written a letter to her, and it was just in our heart that God wanted to bless her. And as a result of blessing her, that this would serve as the beginning to an avalanche of blessings that would occur in her life. Okay, that's what I remember the Holy Spirit giving in those specific words, that this would be like a catalyst and be like an avalanche of blessings in her life. Again, my point for getting on this example was because the, the testimony will reproduce itself. Okay, so we gave her this car. 
She goes into the other room, comes back, shows us the license plate, shows us her, 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 her pictures of what she was believing for. Couldn't believe it. She took off running down the street. We're left in the house. She's shouting, running down the street. And then she comes back. She goes, okay, so we're going to take a ride. So we go through and we're riding in the car. And in Virginia, you have different um, tolls and stuff just to get through the city. And I remember we got to the um, to toll booth and she told the lady in the toll booth, hey, I just got blessed with a debt-free you know, Mercedes car. This car just got given to me. Da, 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 da. She's just telling her testimony. All right. And she continued to tell that testimony and to tell that testimony and to tell that testimony. And not just that testimony, but all the other testimonies that have had taken place in her life. Okay. That's just been her conviction. That's just been her conviction. Well, um, she got married. Don't you know her husband? was blessed through the ministry with a debt-free automobile. Okay? Okay. So then this, this, this year, I'm driving to work, and she goes, Patience, Minister Patience, I had to call you, and I, had to, I just want to share this testimony because you know you're still part of it. Well, um, you know, now that she doesn't have that other car, and um, she was believing for a certain type of car again, okay? And um, her husband was like, well, we just, we, we, don't, we don't have her right now, and we're just going to have to work these minivans. Now, if you know, that's, that's not her. I'm just, that's all I'm going to say. That's not her. Okay? And, um, but she was willing to be a submitted wife. And she's like, okay, I'm going to yield to that. Um, but she said, but God, this is what I desire. So she desired a Range Rover. Okay? So anyway, she cuts to the chase. She was blessed with another debt-free automobile. I'm talking about a testimony that reproduces itself. Okay. And so now this is the third automobile that has come into that household debt free because of a testimony. And she don't just talk about the cars and stuff. They everything. I mean, this is when she, you hear her heart, how she came out of the projects and how God has clothed her. I mean, it's just a humble, humble spirit. And, but, God, but God is doing it. And what is it doing? It's blessing other people. It's bringing hope and, 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 and encouragement, letting them know that this is possible. So, um, yeah, Patrice. Minister Patrice, yeah. Okay. So, oh my God. Yes. So, all of those things, it reveals the very nature of God, that he's a good father. And if we stay the course, we will experience, we will taste, and we will see the goodness of him. All right? So here you go. Testimonies number seven. No, number six. Thank you. Testimonies have the power to reproduce themselves, right, which I just said. But my scripture for that was Job 22 and 28. Remember, it says, when you decree and declare a thing, the Amplified says, it shall be established for you, and the light of his favor will shine upon your way. When I read that again, that light to me, I said, God, that's a portal. That's a portal of angels ascending and descending concerning what those things that I have released from my mouth or those things that I'm repeating that I heard or the testimonies that I'm meditating upon. When I decree and declare it, now the light of your favor shines upon my way, and you cause me to have success. And then finally, number seven, testimonies reveal the condition of your heart. They reveal the condition of your heart. Can you rejoice when someone's rejoicing? Or is it the attitude of, 
There they go again. She always got to be up there talking about she got vacation paid for again. There she, there Miss Joe, there Miss Joanne, she got paid for twice again. There she go again, talking about I'm going to Disney. There she go again. There Minister Mona go again, talking about we going on vacation. Or what. Can we rejoice when it, testimonies check the condition of your heart? Many times we judge people's harvest, but we have no idea of the seed that has been sown. You have no idea of the places that they have walked in and they've stood in. So they, 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 they judge the condition of our heart. Remember earlier we said, as the day you hear his voice, what? Harden not your heart. Sometimes the voice of a testimony is the voice of the Lord telling you that it is possible. Trying to get you to go a different route. Trying to get you to take your eyes and your source off a of man. You know, when I'm teaching and I have those, you know, few people that after I've released them to do their work, I was thinking about this and I just started laughing. You know, I'm giving these instructions and I try to be step by step and, you know, some days I miss it and I'm talking too fast. I said, guys, hold up. Mrs. Scott, I got to go back. I got to Let me rewind that. Let me do it again. This is what I meant to say, okay, because I didn't say it right. But then there's those times when you're teaching and you say, okay, um, Harry, you're going to do this. Doreen, you need to be doing this. This is what we're going to do. And I'll even put it on the board. So if you happen to forget, you will see, number one. Number two, what you need to do next. What you need to do after you finish. So then when we go on and I release everyone to do what they're doing, and then I happen to look up. And I see. So Teria, Maya, they're doing something else. And then I look back. I see Doreen. I see Harry. I see Diane. I see Mona. And then I start asking myself, well, patience, did I, did, I, did I explain it right? Did I miss something? I go back and look at the board. But Holy Spirit was reminding me, he says, when you're not getting the results you need, all right, this is those people who hear the testimony, okay? We're all in the same place. We're all hearing the same word. But all of us, when we leave this place, are going to make a different decision. Some of us are going to apply the word. Some of us are not going to apply the word. And then when you hear somebody get back who did apply the word, and now they're giving their, uh, their testimony, you're going to say, there they go again. <laughs> Why? Because you didn't do. You didn't follow the instructions. You didn't do what the teacher, the pastor, had shared for you to do. You're staying with your own results. So then I got to go back to my and so Terry and say, what did I tell you to do? And I tell him, I said, look around. You see Doreen? You see Harry? I said, Miss Scott, I, don't, I, don't, I, don't, I only know how to talk English. I don't know how to talk Spanish. I don't know how to talk any other language. So I, I know that pretty much what I said was, was clear. Bottom line, guys, God wants us to get results. You'll hear my father talk about he never went to play a game with the expectation to lose. I don't wake up come to church. The reason why I come to church, for one, he tells me, one, we come to learn more of him, right? As I learn more of him, I know how to apply this in my daily walk, all right? So now it's become a lifestyle, all right? Before I was a pastor, I already had established this lifestyle. So I went to church, right? Because one, he tells me, don't forsake the assembly of yourselves as unbelievers do. He said, those that be planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish, 
My life began to flourish when I took root. I established root in a, in a, in a, in a, in a, um, a place where I received information, training, and truth. And not to, did I just apply my gifts in the house, but the anointing that was from the word I was receiving, it began to affect what I was doing in my workplace and give me favor. So the things that we are teaching, the things we're learning, the things we're doing, it's not about coming to church. This is about a lifestyle. We should see results. Every week, somebody should be up popping up saying what God did. Every week, when we get on a call, no one, and um, pastor says, um, anyone got good news to share? Are you kidding me? We should have something to say about the goodness of the Lord. And many times we don't want to release the testimony because you think it's got to be real big and real deep. But you know why? How it becomes big and how it becomes deep. My word says in everything, give thanks for this is the will of God. He says he always causes you to triumph in Christ Jesus. So no matter what you might be going through, I thank him for the progress that has been made. On my way to what I really want to see. Because remember, testimony means that God wants to do it again. And so every time that we, we talk about the works of God and what he's done, guess what? It brings more of him on the scene. And every time you acknowledge him that God, you know what? I thank you right now that you have improved the conversation with me and my husband. Lord, yeah, I thank you for that. Guess what God does? He comes along and gives more sweetness to that. Because we acknowledge him in the little places. All right. So, all right, let me look at my time here. All right, before I begin to share parts of my testimony, Psalm 119, verse 18. Let's look at that. Because remember, even Apostle talked at the beginning of last week. He says, guys, don't, don't have like familiar ears. You know, don't come to the, the hearing the word just like, uh, there goes Pastor Patience again. There goes Pastor Sir Walter. There goes Minister Marlena jumping around, right? No, we got to come in with a fresh expectation. God, what do you want to do? What do you want to say to me today? All right? So even when we go back and we read our word and um, Holy Spirit wants to reveal things, this is really what opens our eyes. And even in our lives, God, what are you doing? Verse 18 says, open my eyes that I may behold wondrous things out of your law. Remember, he said, if, if my words abide in you and your words abide in me, you can ask what you will and it will be done unto you, right? All I'm doing is meditating on what his word says. So guess what it's going to produce? It's going to produce a testimony. It's going to produce a testimony. And so this week, um, I don't know if it was Wednesday, Thursday, or Friday, but when I opened my eyes, there was a word the Lord said to me. And then it was almost like, like, a, like a, a film strip. And he just started replaying different scenes since our transition here to Pennsylvania. And he began to show me how he had supernaturally provided for us while we've been here. And so, you know, when I realized, when it was, it was so real that I had to stop and I just started just, oh, that's right, okay. So in 2014, 
We were sent, okay? We were sent here from our pastors um, in Richmond, Virginia to help in this assignment. And so Holy Spirit reminded me of the scripture when Jesus sent the disciples. And when they came back, he says, you know, I sent you. He says, did you have need of anything? And, and their response to them was, Lord, no, we didn't have need of anything. Like we had everything we need. And so, you know, during the course of the time, I would have to remind God, say, God, you know, you, you sent us here. And so that means that you're going to have to provide. And because I saw that testimony in your word concerning the disciples, when they said they had need of nothing, I would remind God that, God, I thank you that we have need of, of nothing and that your grace is sufficient to provide for us. So, you know, when we came here, we didn't have uh, employment right away. Matter of fact, we didn't have employment for a good amount of time. And my husband had these inconsistent little jobs here and there that really didn't pay too much. And um, we ended up having to stay with my parents. Not one year, not two years, not three years, but three and a half years. Now, if you would have told me that that was going to happen, when I was in Virginia, I would have told God, I'll wait. <laughs> so I remember in 2015, I believe it was, I started working part-time at the church, you know, administratively. So at least that was a little something, right, to help us keep, to sustain us, or something that we knew that was coming in monthly. The grace of God was we still had our home in, in Virginia, and we had a godly tenant, who paid. So that was something that we did not have to worry about, Pastor Gabriel, right? That at least the mortgage there was going to be paid for. But yet I still had all these other bills, Pastor Gabriel, that I had no idea how we were going to pay for them. But yet we're coming. So I said, God, you said that we have need of nothing. So then supernatural provision is released to my parents, apostle and prophet. When I say supernatural provision... Remember when, uh, who was it that told the widow woman? No, I think it was the Lord told Elijah. He said, I want you to get up and go to Seraphath for I've commanded a widow woman to feed you there. All right? So I'm not calling my parents a widow woman, but I'm just saying in the natural, it looked like how in the world they going to house five other children and themselves in the house that I grew up in. So then God opened the door for them to, to be blessed with the house that accommodated all of us. That was supernatural provision. So now I went from being in the room that I grew up next to. I don't even think I ever stayed in that room where we were staying. But I remember one time my mom was like, what y'all doing? And so it wasn't like we had money to go out. So we'd be doing like dates in the room. So we're like sitting in the bed, like, you know, up. And so she was like, what are y'all doing? So I remember I just took a picture and we're just kissing. And I sent her back the picture. I'm like, this is what we're doing. You know, this is what we're doing. So we, this is what we are. So we had to make it work, you know, where we are. So I was thanking God to get out of that one, two, three. There were four bedrooms. So I think the girls maybe slept down on the couch maybe. And we slept in that, you know, this one room. So now God opens up for them to be blessed. We have our own room. We have our own bathroom in that room. The girls are situated down the hallway where they have their own room and their own bathroom. And at that time, I was homeschooling. So the other room was used as, 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 as homeschool or classroom, right? Supernatural provision. 
He uses the foolish things to confound the words. Because if you would have told me that my parents was going to get a new house so that we could live with them, I wouldn't have believed you. Right? Okay. Then, um, you know, my husband continued to work, again, inconsistent jobs. And, um, but I would I walk into church, and I'd be walking out, and somebody would put a check in my hand for $500. I would get another seed, and they say, here's some, some, some money for school clothes for the girls. I, I, I get a, I never, I even brought it back to me um, last night. I remember one time I was in the office, I was doing something. I don't even know if Elder K overheard my conversation, but I was, had to do something with my cell phone. She walked in, she said, how much do you need to pay your cell phone bill? I'm talking about supernatural provision. And see, people, they don't know what you have, you've walked through and we come and, and you do, but it was believing God every step of the way, meditating on his, his testimonies that God, I saw you do this in such and such life. Father, I saw you do this when someone else had to make this move. I remember when Elder Monica said she put her Bible down and she stood on the word of God. That has never left me. That testimony has imprinted my heart. Because I'm doing, I'm proving you. Now all the while, with whatever money that came out, guess what we were quick to do? Go back and tithe. I don't care what it was. Whatever came in, we tithed. He said he gives seed to the sower, and he'll multiply your seed sown. I remember it was like our first, oh, so let me go here. So 2014, 2015, 2018, I decided to go back into the classroom because one, I, it wasn't much of a choice. It was like, we need some more money coming into this household. So 2018, I look on um, the division in which I grew up in, and I see that there's an opening. Well, the openings, a high school position, I'm not even certified in Pennsylvania, and I don't even have a high school certification. Okay, but the job didn't require any of those things. So I said, well, let me go ahead and go in here, because one, it had benefits. Let me go in and apply for this job, and let's see it as a test from God if this is something that I want to get back into. So I go interview for the position, and that morning as I was preparing, the Holy Spirit said, don't be surprised if they ask you about another position. Okay? So I go and everything, and man's looking at me, and he's looking at my resume and looking at me like, you're applying for this job, and you got, you done this? And um, so then he goes, would it be okay if I put your application in the hands of some principals? Okay. But now I'm reminded of the word what Holy Spirit had whispered to me that morning, right? Don't be surprised if they talk to you about something else. Now, meanwhile, does patients have a Pennsylvania license? No, I don't. So this position, this is supernatural provision. This position was in April at the end of the school year, May, June. Two months left of school, but this position opened. So I slide on in in April. I get this position. I'm doing this position um, as like, like an instructional assistant for a couple weeks. Next thing I know, sure enough, that man did what he said. He put my application in front, and now I'm getting an invitation to apply for a job that I don't even have a license for. Supernatural provision. Supernatural favor. Going before me. So here's how God works. The HR director who told me that I'm going to put your application, he didn't even know that I had got an interview. 
I happened to see him, and um, at that time, you know, high school starts early, so I was sitting in there, and I was doing my confessions before the kids came, and I saw myself. Here's the other thing. You got to be so in tune. Like, when you hear yourself saying something or you see yourself doing something, you got to follow through on that thing. So all of a sudden, I heard myself calling that HR guy, look, I just want to thank you for, you know, putting my name, in, you know, in front of these people. And so when I did that, um, all of a sudden I looked up and there he was. And I remember the prompting of the Holy Spirit. So I go to him and I say, I just want to th say thank you for doing that. He goes, you got an interview? He didn't even know. And he's the HR person, right? So those principals were doing their due diligence and they're just doing what they do, okay? And so then I got scared because he goes, well, when is your interview? And when's your demo lesson? I said, it's such and such. He goes, I'll be there. Okay. So then I have to do a demo lesson. So I go into a classroom of real kids or whatever. They don't know me. I don't know them. And all these, you know, ministries from the back and everything. And I've shared this part of my testimony before. I said, God, I just want your presence to be there. So I'm writing on the board my final instructions before I turn around. And the last thing I said, Lord, I said, I just thank you for your presence. So I turn around, do my demo lesson. He comes in, he brings me in for the interview. When he interviews me and everything, he said, you just had such a presence about you. I said, God, the very, the very thing I asked you for, you causing a man, I don't know if he knows you or not, but you caused him to use those very same words. So anyway, I go on, fast forward, I get a position. Not only do I get a, a position, but I get a contracted position where that means that it's an annual thing. What I did not know is I did not know at the time how hard it was to get into that school division. I did not know how many people had been waiting and waiting and waiting and serving in different roles and have been there for years. And they've been doing, uh, I guess they call them like long term, like they've been doing year to year. But he says, this is a, this is a salary. This is a, 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 like a full time, like a permanent position. And so he goes, is that okay with you? I'm gonna, I'm gonna, yes, 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 thank you. So again, supernatural provision, supernatural favor, God is extended. All right, that was in 2018. So now we know at least, I hadn't started yet, because that was April, finished that, but in September I was to start. 2018, okay, we finally can move out of mom and dad's house. Okay, so then when I got that position, you know, and and closer in the area, my husband started looking for a house in the area. So um, we found a house to rent. Now we walk into the house. Now, meanwhile, I've been building my faith, y'all, for a house. Okay, I came out of a house in Virginia. I came back to another type of house. Then God increased me to go to another house, and then I walk into this house that we're gonna rent. I walked in and I walked out. And meanwhile, pastor's like, okay, it has good bones. You know, okay, is there any water damage? You know, is it, you know, this could work. I'm like, what in the what? Like, what are you talking about? What? This can work. So I'm sitting in the car. Holy Spirit says, take another look. So I go back in. And I'm walking, going back into the front door. And so the landlord goes, oh, she's, she's taking another look. She's coming back. I wanted to turn around and punch him. I was like, you have no idea. It's not about this house. It's, it's because I am being obedient. So when I came back, you know, it was like, okay, I need you to see possibility. How can this work? 
Now, I'm saying this because sometimes, guys, on our way to God doing what he wants to do, he puts us in position, right? It may not be all that what we were believing for, but he's saying, can you, tr can you trust me in this? Can you handle this? Can you work this? Can you see the increase of possibilities in this and that? All right. And that's that's our testing of her of its promotion just on the other side. And so however, our, the condition of our heart determines what we receive from God. That's right. So. Um, pastor said, OK, hon. We're going to plan is going to be here one year. Yes, dear, you said that I was listening. So I said, OK. We can do this for one year. Now, Grant, mind you, my townhouse was bigger than the house that we're, that we're you know, currently living in, right? And that was just with one person, right? Then my husband came. I was still fine because it was three-bedroom, you know, three-and-a-half bath, right? We were still good. You know, it's fine. There's five people, and it's less square footage. And we had to make a room for us. I'm sharing closet in... in so, Kaziah's room, I got to move her bed to open up the cloud. Can I just be real? Right? And so it's like, okay, God, this way. So not one, not two, not three. This is the fourth year. But I'm still holding on to the word of God. So whenever someone asks me where you live, I said, my current address <laughs> is this. Because it is not a... A, a permanent residence. It's just a temporary residence. And I am passing through. And can I just tell you how much favor God has done, how much grace he's allowed me to, to write and produce a book through the, during, my, during my time here. I mean, I look through the different things that he's done in a place that I thought nothing could be done. And see, if I don't take and acknowledge what he has done, how can he bless me with the more? He said, in everything, give thanks. Right. So then 2018, 2000, oh, yeah, let me back. Yeah, okay, so I don't even know how God did this. But even during our time here, he allowed us to supernaturally pay off two vehicles. Like when you are trusting God, he identified resources that we didn't even think about that we had because, again, remember, we didn't have a lot of consistent income coming in. So it was like, Lord, we need to try to pay off as much as we can so that we can, you know, use the money that we have wisely. God provided finances or he showed us assets that we could use to pay off vehicles. So now it's like, oh, we don't have any car, car note right now, right? So then guess what? You get used to driving with no debt. And I like driving a debt-free car. And so even with that, then the Mercedes breaks down. Oh, because by this time I had got another Mercedes truck. So the Mercedes breaks down. And it was like, oh, my gosh. Well, because we've been paying off stuff, it wasn't like we had reserves to go buy a car. So we have to lease a car. So after you've owned the car, who wants to lease it again? But that's what we had to do on our way. Amen. So we leased the car three years are up. By this time, God gave us instructions, sell the house in Virginia. Glory to God. The earnings from that house allowed us to pay off all of our debt. Okay. Um, so, you know, my confession always was that God, we keep out of debt, that we owe no man anything. 
So we're, we paid that off, okay? Now, because we leased this car, right? The three years are coming up, Miss Lachey. So we got to make a decision. We're going to turn this in or whatever. So you know I'm still believing for my house, right? So again, the money's from that, you know, that sale. It's like, okay, we had this much to, you know, put on the next house or whatever, whatever. Put that in the bank, whatever. And what's so funny is I forgot. Now, as my, I've been taught as a child to, to tithe, right? I've been taught as a child, as a, since I was a child, to tithe. And I've loved doing that, right? No problem. Do you know I forgot about the sale of the house being increased? I'm sorry. I said I forgot that the sale of my house was increased. So when I was doing my figures, Minister Marlena, I had not calculated the tithe out of that, right? So my husband was like, hey, babe, what? but you know we got to do the tithe. I looked at him. I was like, yeah, you're right. And I started laughing. I said, oh, babe, look, I'm, even, I'm, I'm just like even ashamed to say it. I said, I forgot about that, all right? So my husband, when we go out to eat, he's going to give you a fat tip anyway. So he was like, um, here's this. This is where this is going to go. This, was, this is going to go. So he gives me the amount for the tithe. And I'm like, good Lord. I'm like, that's more than, that's more than a tithe. And that's more than a fat offering, right? I'm like, because in my mind, I'm calculating, okay, God, we need to, you know, we need to get a house. And so um, I remember I was like, okay, let me just go ahead and do this. So I thought I could do it on push pay, but it was too much to do on push pay. So I had to actually physically write the check. It was too much to write in push pay. So I had to physically write the check. Let me tell you something. Writing that check gave me more joy, and it began to build faith on the inside of me that I would be writing checks like this for the kingdom of God. So I can't, I can't. It's like, it's the, it's the little things. So then we had already estimated what we thought we were going to have to pay in sales tax, right, from the home, right? Then when it comes for us to, to pay our taxes and everything, do you know, and I really believe this is because we did first things first, that what we thought we were going to have to pay in sales tax, we didn't even have to pay that much. Yeah. Then we turned around. My husband said, okay, it's time for us to turn in that car. But guess what? We're going uh, to pay cash for this car. I said, say what? <laughs> now, meanwhile, I'm seeing like, do, 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 do. I'm like, that was, that's house money. But see what? We own nothing. Everything belongs to God. So if he has to tap on a reserve, daddy, you got that. Because I know that there's more coming on the other side of my obedience. I just know, I'm talking about the overcoming through the power of your testimony. So after I had to become spiritually minded, <laughs> then I was able to get in agreement with my husband. I said, okay, father, we're going to keep out of debt. We're going to owe no man anything any." No, owe no man anything but to love him. And we're going to, I'm going to get an agreement that we're going to pay cash for this car. So then my husband goes out and he's looking, he's looking, he's looking, he finds a car, um, a truck in Virginia. And do you know we just turned in a car that had like 40 some thousand miles in it? Maybe a little less. The car we got had the same amount of mileage on it. It was less, oh, it was less, it's much less. So I just reached 50,000 miles in a debt-free car, okay? And I thought, man, God, I was complaining about, you know, losing this. But I would see when we release, you're not losing. You're only gaining. You're only gaining. Okay, I, let me tell this last thing quickly. Okay, so now insulation rolls around. 
So God has supernaturally sustained us, guys. He has supernaturally provided for us. I mean, when I'm talking about go there and the ravens will feed you there, I've had family members call me and said, Patience, I have some clothes for you. Would you be willing to come get them? That, that family member does not normally call to give you anything. But God put on their heart to bless me. And that's what I, what nice stuff, name brand. And that's what would sustain me when I was going to work. I, I, I was just, it was, I'm like, looking at the phone like, Are, this is only you, God. Only you. And then as a result of that, God has allowed me to be able to d- deposit things in their life. And every time I put, get dressed, I would be put on a belt. And I said, Lord, I thank you for such and such. I thank you for blessing her because she didn't have to do that. I thank you for, I mean, just supernatural provision. So now we get around to 2021 installation. Now, meanwhile, guys, we've still been given. We're still sowing. Okay? I mean, all kinds of just testimonies are coming back to me, Dad. I remember you giving me the money to get my hair done, and I don't know, somebody was in town, and we, I knew it was one of the feast times. My dad looked at me and said, you sold it, didn't you? I said, yeah, I sold that money because that was seed. It was seed. So sometimes you got to do something different to get a different result. you got to do something different to get a different result. And I remember when we were preparing our seed for installation because, it, yeah, we were, yeah, we're crossing over um, different position, different mantle, different weight of responsibility, right, as unto God. But it was like, God, we got to get some seed to go before us. So my husband had wrote a check out to our, our, our pastors that we would give to them. And then he voided that one because Holy Spirit said that's not enough. So he writes another one, and then we we identify other people that we need to bless throughout that time. So during that weekend, we sowed $5,000. That was the biggest seed that we had sowed personally at any one given time, okay? So that 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 was big for us, okay? But God brought in through that time. I don't think I've ever shared this. He brought in $10,000 to us. Now, here's the deal. We, here we did something that we had never done in a single season. All right? But then God brought in a harvest at one time for us, other than like the sale, things like that, that we had never received before. And it was like, guys, Holy Spirit's like, I just need you to trust me in every little thing. Because sometimes we'll get in the habit of holding on to something. You know, I have to even be mindful of like, okay, I get gift cards and, you know, I'm like, oh, I'm going to wait and I'm going to use them for this. I'm going to hold them and use them for that. And the Holy Spirit said, all you're doing is holding up what I want to do. Because money is meant to be exchanged. It's a flow. And so when we release God and we release what he's given us, it puts him in motion to bring it back to us. So there's been times where I thought, oh, I'm going to do this for me. He said, no, I got such and such on my mind. Woke up one morning. I said, oh, he said, bless this widow. I said, okay, okay, I know her birthday's coming up. I'm going to do it now. Woke up that morning. He said, no, you do it today. Not knowing that was the very day that her husband had transitioned. And God was proving himself to be faithful to her still. 
He's just looking for a yielded, willing vessel and say, will you yield to me? And then will you be able to testify of what I've done so that it can bring glory and honor not only to me, but it can bring edification to those that hear it. So I want you to stand to your feet because I think I'm way over my time. We overcome because of the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. And the end of that verse says they love not their lives unto death. That means, I see, I had to get over what people might think about me and what they see or when they see me wearing such. They have no idea. It's been the goodness of my God. It's been the provision of my God. There were times when we didn't have the grocery money and somebody would say, I made this food for you. They didn't even know I didn't have the money to get my kids food that week. But we ate off of that. He said, in everything, give thanks. My girls have not lacked for anything. Camp money given to them. This past week, see, we're, we're still working on some things. We're still working on some things. God said, I need you to release some more seed. This time we brought in our children. They went into their savings and they pulled a seed out. And we sowed a family seed. And they were excited. Because this is real. He says, I'm a generational God. My covenant is to a thousand generations. And so we are to be living memorials, living testimonies of what he can do. So every time we see one another, it's what did God do? High five. Oh, my God, he's working. He's working at Lachey's. Okay, I'm, I'm connected to Lachey's. So that means since he's coming to me, I'm next. I got next, Pastor Gabriel. That's what we should be saying. I got next. I got next, God. I got next, God. But in order for that to happen, we have to be spiritually minded. Money doesn't have me because it belongs to him. Things don't have me because they belong to him. So if he gives another audible, he says, you release that, you got it. We got to stay connected. We got to stay connected, guys. This house has been graced to win. But we can't see you winning if we don't see you. Some of us are not getting results because we hide and we're ashamed. That's why the body comes together to undergird. Pride has to die. I can remember one time we were going to a homegoing service. And I had just enough gas to get there, Pastor Gabriel. And I had picked up some of the elders. And I know because I know how we do, they'll pay for, you know, if we're coming together, everybody chipping for gas. So I already knew if I'm driving, at least I know I'm going to have some more gas at least to get home, right? And I can remember Elder Die. She said, Pastor, sitting in the back seat, is there anything else you need? And I did everything I could not to hold, to hold back those tears because I didn't have food. But I was too prideful to say something. And God used her to ask me, but I said, I didn't even look back. I said, I'm good. 
See, sometimes we're looking for our help in different places, and we're expecting it to come from different things, but God's like, I want you, me to be your only source because I know how to take care of you best. And when I send help, you got to be spiritually minded to even recognize the help because you're not always going to be in that position where you're in need. Because my word says that when you give, it shall be given back to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together and running over. I made you the head and not the tail, above and not beneath, the lender and not the bar. But I got to get the testimony in my heart. I got to meditate on his word day and night until I begin to see myself driving in the truck that I want. Until I see myself living in the house that I want. Until I see myself giving what I want. Until I see myself wearing what I want to wear. Until I see my family functioning the way that we were designed to function. Until I see my husband and I operating and doing things together like he said. The Bible says the promises of God are yes and amen. That means it's settled. And what God wants you to know this morning is that it is possible for you. Not because a job sponsored it, but because he is our source. He will use the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. Now I got their attention. Now come and let me tell you about who gave it to me. Some of us just need to re repent because we've had our eyes on the wrong thing. We may be in situations that are not favorable but are you homeless are you without a job do you have food do you have transportation we train our girls everybody thank you Jesus thank you for where we live thank you for our beds thank you for our bedspreads thank you for God I think that I have choice of what to put on some people don't even have that and then Get rid of the old. If I'm believing God for new, get rid of the old. Make space for new. You got holy undergarments? Get them holy undergarments off. And you get the best you can. You dress the best you can wherever you are. You present yourself the best way you can wherever you are. Because you represent him. The attitude, the mindsets have got to shift. We are not a broke people. I said, we are not a broke people. This is not a broke ministry. We're called a bounding grace. His empowering presence on our lives causes every area to abound when we are submitted and connected properly. So some of us are not reaping the benefits of the house because we're not connected properly. time to grow up so we can walk in the fullness of what God has for us. Amen? So Father, I just thank you right now for this word. Father, forgive us for despising where we are. Taking our eyes off of you and putting them on other people and comparing ourselves to other people's plans that you have for them instead of being content with what you have for us. 
Father, you said better is the end of the thing. So God, I speak to the prophetic destinies of each and every person in this room, each and every person listening. And God, I thank you that your plans for their lives shall be fulfilled. Holy Spirit, I ask that this word penetrate their heart. That they'll not think small. That they'll not see themselves outside of who you have created them to be. And God, bring to their remembrance your goodness. Let them see how you have been with them every step of the way. For you are strategic in your care. You love us so much that you wouldn't give us something ahead of time. But you are preparing us. You're fortifying us. You're strengthening us. You're getting us out the way. Get us out the way, Daddy. So that what you bespoke about us can be displayed. What's that scripture that says, when you've been strengthened now, go back and, and once you've been converted now, go back and strengthen your brother? Yeah. That's what, that's what our responsibility is. So, Father, I just want to say thank you for the progress and the work that you've done in me. Father, I want to say thank you for the progress and the work that you've done in my brother and my sister. And God, I thank you right now that you said that because you've begun it, you are faithful to complete it. And so, Father, we stand firm. And God, I release hope this morning. God, I release um, courage to be strong even in the midst of every test, every trial, knowing that you are working patience in them. You're working something in them far greater for what's ahead. So, Daddy, I thank you for the preparation. I thank you that we overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony and that we will be obedient in days to come, Father God, to reflect, to thank, and to release what you've done in our lives to others. In Jesus' name, amen. Can we praise God one more time for our passive patience? Hallelujah. <laughs> That's real. That's real. That's real. And it's showing the test within a testimony. You have to be tested. Every birth person has to be tested. If you name the name of Jesus, you have to be tested. And guess what? In a bunch of different areas. Whatever temptations, whatever things that, that might try to come, you have to be tested to see what are you going to do? What's your stance? What are you going to believe? So thank you, Pastor Patience, just for your transparency and just for sharing some behind the scenes. <laughs> I had no idea, but it's real. I was like, praise God, she's sharing some stuff. I'm like, yeah, that's right. 
you know, because she'll catch some detail and some things that God will share with her. I'm like, man, praise God. And it get to a point, I just had to stand up um, and, and give them glory. But that's how we live. So it's not, we're not up here throwing up a suit and dress and just trying to just whatever, just to look good in front of people. No, you, you got some access. This is just who we are. This is how we live before the Lord. This is how it's always been. Even as she was talking, um, and I just started realizing, I was like, man, even when I was young and unmarried, I'm like, it was just in me just to be at church. Like, I didn't have a, a thought otherwise that, ah, you know, well, let me just kind of sit back. And I, I just like being around the people of God. I just love God's people. And so another thing, uh, you know, that she mentioned, I just thought that this was worth, uh, you know, sharing again when she talked about, you know, just releasing that Mercedes to Patrice. And this is what we didn't know, that Patrice had went to a dealership. And I guess, you know, maybe had thought about getting a, getting a Mercedes, you know, herself, and then the figures didn't quite work out, but then a conviction rose up. It's like, nah, you know what? I'm believing for a debt-free car. So she said that to the dealership, and they ridiculed her. They, they, they mocked her. It's like, man, that doesn't happen. And guess what? It happened. But here's the thing, here's the thing that I realized. It's like, it wasn't too much longer later that that dealership was no longer in business. The Lord just reminded me, he's like, yeah, you remember driving by there now? And every time I see, I think, I was like, yeah, there used to be a dealership there. Yeah, and she drove there to testify, look what God did. And I don't know the distance, the time later, but that business is no longer in operation. So that's powerful about the testimony. So even if God gives you something, well, man, I don't know what people are going to say. I might be ridiculed. Let them ridicule. We're still giving glory. Can you pass that test of being ridiculed? Can you pass that test of being judged? And people, well, dot, 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 dot. They're going to say the dot, dot, dots. But those dot, dot, dots will finish with a but God. You got it? You say the testimony, they talking that dot, 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 dot. But those dot, dot, dot is that et cetera. But God finishes the exclamation mark. So I'm just saying, I'm like, God, you are so good. You are so good. He is, he is faithful. Thank you, Pastor Patience. Yeah, come on. You know, and the reason why I believe he was showing me that, he said, I just want to show you how I have supernaturally provided and sustained you while you've been here. Because then he reminded me what pastor said. He said, this is a supernatural summer of success. And God wants to supernaturally provide for his children. So he doesn't tell us something. Remember he said, me and this people about Yeah, you to and this people about to lift off. Lift off. See, the words that are coming are not just words. But see, when you're connected and planted in a house, that is enough to impact your household so we learned we were trained to take what we received from the word of god and now we go to work in our own house mm -hmm. and we start applying it in every area and that's what god so he's giving you a foretaste he's giving you instructions I, if y'all go back and listen to the word that has been coming forth we have truly been set up yes. you cannot look at where we are you have to be spiritually minded. Mm. 
So you, I'm just saying this. You just gotta, you gotta be in great expectation that God, because you connected to me to this house, I have a right to this anointing. Yeah, no, no, yeah, you can hold it. Yeah. <laughs> just in case something else comes up. Yeah, I'm not playing either. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cause she, even in the testimony, some things have have broken open. If you understood, of course, there's principles, but there's power behind it. But then here's the other thing. I love it. There's a person in the testimony. There's a person that is the person that is the center of every testimony that she shared. That's Christ. So there was principles. The person being acknowledged and honored and glorified. And then that releases the power for some of these same things to be able to take place and happen. So, God, we release divine yeah. portals of there faith. There you go. God, God we you thank go. you right now for portals, Father God, of faith. God, I thank you right now that you are energizing faith, God. You're recharging yeah. faith, God. You're renewing faith in the, our lives this morning, God. Things that they have put on the back burner, Father God, we bring them to the front, God. We bring them to the forefront, God. I thank you right now for gifts, God, talents being stirred, God, for time, Father God, being used accordingly. God, relationships that we need to get right, God. Lord, I thank you for the grace to confront, Father God, in love. God, I thank you right now for reworking from the inside out. Rework. Remind them of your plan in the name of Jesus. Yeah, so lift your hands. We partnered this morning, God, with our angels that have been signed to minister on our behalf. And we say, not our will, but thy will be done. So we dispatch angels and we bind those, those people, God, to the will of God. And we say that only your will shall prevail. So, God, I thank you right now for angels ascending and descending on their behalf. Ministering, Father God, wherever it is needed. Bringing healing, bringing restoration, God. God, I thank you for new sight. New sight, God, to see through their spiritual eyes. You said that with you, all things are possible. Mm -hmm. So God, I thank you right now for possibilities being manifested in the name of Jesus. I release obedience on behalf of their lives right now, God. That you're putting their names on the minds of those who have the power to advance them and refer other people to them. We thank you for the blood that breaks down every generational and diabolical curse. Mm -hmm. Poverty, we break your neck right now off the lives of your people. Father, you, you shed your blood that, we, that you became rich for us. You became poor so that we could become rich. So, God, we release the prosperity, God, over this house that you've ordained for us to walk in as your children. And, God, I release another level of stewardship mm-hmm. over resources. <laughs> over gifts, over talents, over possessions, God, over finances in the name of Jesus. Let them come under a new governance this morning. Mm. Let them come under a new governance. We submit those areas to you in the name of Jesus. Yeah, God, you gave us a gift, but it's not our gift that keeps us there. It's your grace that empowers us to remain. Yeah, God, you said that you chose us we didn't choose ourselves and you said you chose us that we would go and bear fruit and that our fruit would remain 
So God, even through our man of God, you said that this would be our most fruit producing season. So God, I lay hold of that word. And God, I thank you right now for fruit remaining in the lives of your people in the name of Jesus. That we are fruit producers. God, may our lives reproduce itself. Because we are reproducing you. In Jesus' name.